Thanks. Good morning, everyone. Uh, my name is Keith. I'm the lead and teaching pastor here at Grassroots. It's wonderful to see this all this morning. Um, I woke up fairly groggy myself, and that's kind of working its way out, but uh, here, here we are nonetheless, and I'm so glad that you're here in whatever state you're in. Um, this this uh, summer, we've been working as a community, as a church, on listening to the voice of creation. So if you're new to Grassroots, if this is your first time here, uh, you're getting to jump in in the final two sermon series, uh, or the t- final two sermons in this series on listening to the voice of creation. And what, what I've been challenging us to do is to open our ears as we go about camping and driving and sitting on park benches and getting outside and looking around us at what God has made to find a way just a little more to get our ears and eyes opened to the voice that is all around us. And uh, I've been doing a little bit of this myself. Um, I don't know if any of you have ever walked the sea lion trail at the Sleeping Giant. I've been here for two years now, and this was my first time at the Giant, so uh, just a a week ago. And we came across this awesome beach on the way, and it was full of these pebbles which looked like a landscaper had put there. It's like all perfectly round and smooth. And so we decided to stop there for a while, and I may or may not have gone for a swim with less than those clothes on. Um, (laughs) uh, It was cold. but we had this lovely, beautiful hike, and all around us there was a beautiful day. The, 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 the uh, green that was around us was spectacular. The, the birds were out, and we made it to the cliffs of the sea lion. And uh, what a privilege, what an absolute privilege to be in this kind of setting that the creator God has shaped and fashioned. And just yesterday, I had got to do a little bit, I don't have a picture here of this, but I got to do a little bit of a different kind of listening to creation. I got out um, into my garden, which is in a beautiful garden, and you, I've seen many more beautiful gardens. Uh, but it's, there's dirt there nonetheless, and there's a few things trying to make, life, make their life into it. Um, and, uh, and my kids are away at their grandparents' house. So I spent like hours getting my fingers and nails dirty and getting to see um, uh, grasshoppers. And I think I saw seven different kinds of spiders, like little ones with all sorts of different colors. And I was trying my best to, to heed the call of the summers, to listen to the voice of creation. And the challenge for us as we do so, as we not, don't just see the beauty around us, but realize that there's something being said something being spoken, even though we can't hear it with our ears, even though it doesn't speak our language, something's being said. You know, and if we're going to be deeply Christian people, and this is what I've been forwarding this summer, if we've been going to be deeply Christian people, we must come to revere the creation, see in it something sacred, and somehow in the process to decrease our sense of pridefulness and domineering. And so a major point in all of this is for people who love creation and love the fact that God's presence around us is out there. This is a Christian practice. You know, it's, it's, it's sub-Christian. It's less than Christian to go around missing creation. It's sub-Christian to go around using creation for our, our own benefits in ways that, that forgets to listen and pay attention. So this is, a, this is a Christian thing. And the scriptures are the Old Testament and New Testament across the board teach us this. Um, but more than just it being Christian, we must come to revere it, see something sacred in it. Now, I'm not talking about worshiping creation, and I'll get into that a little bit more, just an inch today. But I'm talking about revering it, seeing it as uh, 
something that's alive. And there's plenty of things that are alive around us to see. And that God's very presence, as, as, he, as he says that in the first day he created the heavens and the earth, and these are two good sides of God's creation which come, to, which come together in relationship. And so that um, God's very presence is here. Heaven is my throne, says the Lord. This is a psalm from the Old Testament. Heaven is my throne, says the Lord, but earth is my footstool. He's, he's present here in this place as well. So um, we as a community have been just trying to figure this out, figuring out that uh, being part of this community of creation, caring for it, is part of our Christian calling. And uh, if you remember way back in, I think it was May or early June, the community got out after church, went about a park and joined a larger effort in town to do trash, pick up around, and just getting outside together. We walked around as small groupings of people and, and, and beautified the place. Uh, some of you were part of this burgeoning community garden. <laughs> Last year, this is pretty much how it looked at this time. Um, but this year, look at it. It's awesome. There's sunflowers going, woohoo, well done for those of you who are uh, getting your fingernails dirty together. Uh, and so this will continue, this community garden, not, not as a chance just to grow things, but as a chance to get our fingernails dirty together as an act of worship, as an act of community, as a way to say that this place and the, the growing of it is part of our job. Um, there's a couple, couple trails now through the parking lot you can walk. Um, we got out to the Marina Park a couple weeks ago, and last week we were at Trowbridge as a church, and I was just, it was so fun to see different faces, or the same faces in, different, in a different place. Um, it was wonderful to be out there. We got a couple great days to, to realize that church isn't about building, um, but in fact that God's nature is like his cathedral. And so... Um, if we isolate ourselves, if we stay inside these buildings, if we, if we move indoors too much away from creation, from creatures, from the soil, from the community that we've been given, my challenge this morning is that if we do that, we're putting our faith, our ability to trust and be confident in God at great jeopardy. And so uh, this morning as we, um, as we open the scriptures to some of what Jesus has to say to us about creation and about this all, um, uh, this is going to be one of the big things, the big themes of the morning, is this, this connection between our isolation, our closing ourselves off from the wider world, and our inability then to communicate and to commune with the Father. So as we go through the rush of life, as we run about our days with our responsibilities, as we move away from creation, forgetting the abundance that's out there, uh, yesterday in the garden I was taking radish seeds out of their pods. And I'm like, there's seven or eight in this little, in a little pod, and there's like hundreds of pods in one plant. God is abundant. He's created this world to be abundant. And if we move away from creation, we forget the abundance of God. We forget his character. We forget how gracious he is. We forget that the sun comes up on the just and the unjust. We, we, um, we forget to follow him humbly. We take on more control of our life. We begin to worry about our futures and our families and our friends and our jobs. The big things of life, true meaning of life, the things, why are we here? What have we been, we, get, we lose touch with that as we go inside and isolate ourselves. And then the bigger evils of the world, you know, the things that we can't control. And what we do is we go, we, we go inside and isolate ourselves. 
And then we start controlling the things that we can control, like um, how much money we make. And um, we can uh, control over the, the, the groceries that we buy and the clothes that we wear and the things that we get involved in on a daily basis. And we start controlling and moving in. But, but we realize in the process that we get obsessed and we start obsessing, we think it's up to us. If we're going to have enough money, if we're going to feel fulfilled in life, if we're gonna have a good job and a good family and a good career, we think we start believing this deep lie that it's about us and our own provision. Uh, uh, and, and, and this all happens and we lose our perspective and ultimately we realize or we, we lose the realization that we're needy. We are needy people in need of a good, abundant God to be with us. And we start fretting about our next bills and how we're gonna pay for groceries. And we get our, ourselves into a million activities, convincing ourselves that all of them are just as valid. And in the midst of that, in the midst of our hurried and everyday life, Jesus of Nazareth enters in and he speaks his word to us once again that he spoke to the people in his day. Look at the birds. Not like uh, some of us sometimes can look at the birds in superstitious ways, like, oh, if, if you know, if the, the ancient people did this, if the birds fly in a certain way, that must mean something. I'm not talking about controlling looking at the birds. I'm talking about taking that control mechanism out, dis disengaging it, and truly looking. And Jesus says, look at the birds. Look how your heavenly Father feeds them. They don't have barns. They don't have bank accounts, but their bellies are filled. Open your eyes to the grass, he's gonna say. Look at the, I mean, he's lit, literally, like go out and look at grass. And if, if you wanna look at some grass, there's some growing back here. And there's beautiful flowers that oh, I didn't plant, no one here planted, but it's, it's adorned with beauty. God cares about your beauty. He cares about the clothes that you wear. He cares about you expressing yourself. But why, why worry about that stuff? So um, I'm going to read this out to you as Jesus says, says it. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is life not more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your span of life? And, and Jesus, in another version of this story, says, can any of you add an inch to your height by worrying? And it's, and it's interesting because the answer is clearly no, but if we do worry, we can go in the opposite direction, can't we? We can lose hours of our life by, by worrying. I was, I've been watching, I'm getting into that, um, that show on Netflix about the Queen Elizabeth called The Crown. And King George, her father, died at the age of 52 or something like that. And the, the weight of, the, the, of ruling uh, the Britain and all, of its, um, and all of its territories, you know, killed him at an early age. Jesus, Jesus is resonating. If you worry about your life, if you take on the burdens of life yourself, you can lose hours to your life and surely you can start to hunch and lose some inches to your height as well. So he's being a bit ironic here. And, and he's saying in all of this, you know, you think as a good teacher, what would you come to say? 
okay, let's go, let's go talk about managing your bank account. Let's go talk about, let's go get you in some psychotherapy. All, all good things to do. Um, Jesus doesn't say any of those things. He says, look at the birds. Keep your eyes open. Uh, there's a little book on the reflections on the Psalms by C.S. Lewis. And he has a whole chapter in here about the psalmist's view of creation. And uh, he, he, he makes these points. You know, in Jesus' day, when he's speaking out these words, they were all, uh, all peasants. You know, like the, the life as we know it today in the modern world was much different than back then. It's like there's no, there wasn't really such thing at that time as big cities and then the countryside. Everything was countryside. You know, there were some urban centers, but most of, most of the people lived in countryside. So it wasn't like they knew to take a retreat to the countryside. And when they wrote poems about uh, creation, they weren't writing poems about like nature in the way that we do today. They're peasants. And so that they lived and breathed countryside in a way, you could say. Um, so nature for them was not, was different than nature for us. And so as the Jewish people, as Jesus' people entered into this space with people of all sorts of different religious beliefs, um, the Jewish people had their unique perspective. And something was similar. They, they were peasants as well. They were immersed in creation. They were surrounded by it, as, as we would say. But there was something different as well. They, uh, they didn't look at creation or the sun and the thunder and the seas. And they didn't, as many people did in their day, think of the creation as gods. So I don't know if you remember your ancient Greek mythology that Poseidon was the god of the sea and Zeus was the god of the heavens who throws down his lightning bolts. Um, they, didn't, they didn't see gods in creation so this was a unique thing that we, we have a big word for this in Christianity. It was called creational monotheism, which means that God is creator and he's one. There's one God who created it all. And, and as we look around, uh, we, don't, we don't necessarily see the elements of creation as God. We don't worship them. But once you empty out in, the, in your own worldview creation of gods, once you realize that the creator God is over it all, then the Jewish people made an interesting move. Um, they started saying things like, the light, this is another psalm, the light is your garment. Your voice is the thunder. And so, as Lewis says, as he's reflecting on this, by emptying nature of divinity, or let us say of divinities, you may fill her with deity, for she is now the bearer of messages. And the point of that is, again, God is not creation, he's separate from it. But what the Jewish people began to realize is that the whole world is filled. His creation is filled with messages coming at us. That if we would listen, if we had our ears open, we're going to see. And what happened with this Jewish creational monotheism is that um, dignity for animals became uh, a major part of it. And I, real, I loved Lewis's little thing. He says, he's like, I'm not talking about kindness to animals. Kindness to animals is what people do who've never really worked around animals or lived in the situation where the fierce animals can come and eat them. <laughs> you know, like, I went camping this summer and I was in a tent, and you know, I'm like, I'm in a tent, and I feel safe, but I'm, here's my hammock set up, and I would sleep on it, and I'd feel unsafe. It's like, 
you know, like this much. Like, I've never lived in that space, so I have that distinction in my mind. So I'm not talking about kindness to animals, even though that's a good thing. What, what, what Lewis is talking about, and we explored this in the book of Job, is that rather than seeing creation as something to dominate and something to um, see only as it's useful to us, the Jewish worldview began to honor and find dignity in creatures for their own, uh, for their own purpose. And so, um, anyway, you get these, you get these great, um, you get these great psalms that then end up looking a lot like what we would call paganism, because Jewish people and Christians, because we're the heirs of Judaism, look at creation and don't see God in it, but we don't see God creation as God, but we see God in it, and we open our, our ears and eyes to all the messages of God's creatures coming at us. And so Jesus, as he's teaching, he's coming from this tradition, and he's asking himself, um, how, how can we get freed from the dominating control and pridefulness, which thinks that we are here to take care of ourselves, which turns into anxiety and worry and so much worse. And so Jesus comes in and says, who of you can add a single hour to your life by worrying? So... Um, Looking at the birds, listening to the sun, looking at the animals, um, we, we, we get the sense that Jesus, you know, if, if he were in his day and age, he may, he may have said, like, look at the skyscrapers. I don't know. Look how big they are. God is big. I don't know what he would say. I have a hunch, though, that if he were here in this day and age, in this world, he would still be telling us to look at the, look at the creation. Because in them we see this point. Um, Oh, I'm going to come back to that. Uh, in this, we see this point. He says, don't worry, you of little faith. Your heavenly Father feeds the birds without them sowing or reaping, without them farming. And your heavenly Father gives ornamental covering to flowers without toil or them sowing. And if, the, if, the, if your eyes and ears are open to this message, the point is very clear. If God can take care of them without them needing barns, He's very able to take care of you and me. He's very able to richly supply what we need. And if he's able to sort of make, make grass beautiful, how much more uh, does he care about these things for you? And so, friends, we take some deep breaths if we, if we listen to it, if we allow ourselves to get outside, to open our ears and eyes to what's around us we will remember once again that we can have confidence in him. You know, even I went for, it, I'll, I'll say this first. Uh, we, uh, we spent three years, uh, three significant years of our life as uh, students in a special way. <laughs> we almost ran out of money three times. <laughs> um, and um, I don't know how many of you have had that opportunity. <laughs> I'll put it that way. Uh, um, some of you are maybe in that position right now. Others of you uh, may have been there before, and some of you may have never been. But we have a, a, a list of about 72 ways that God provided for us during that time. I mean, it was just uncanny, things coming to us just at the right time. We, we weren't living a lavish lifestyle. We, we, you know, we didn't, I had a flip phone, I think, for a while. Um, I still wish I had one of those. Um, 
be a lot less of worry, hey? Um, we spent three years getting the proof that God can care for us, that he cares for our deep and intimate needs, and he will provide if we just allow ourselves. And, and uh, you know, you look at the birds of, of the air and how they neither reap nor sow. I mean, I'm not just talking about, like, yeah, give a glance at a bird. Like, take some time to go watch birds. Like, sometimes they're not up till noon. Uh, no, I mean, like, they're not fretting. Like, they, they, they go about and get what they need at the right time when they're ready. And the rest of their time, they're flitting through branches um, and foraging and, and focus sometimes. But they're not 9 to 5 or 9 to 10, whatever your, our lifestyles can be, trying anxiously to fill our coffers. They're, they're taking what's around them, and they're comfortable with it. Um, Look at the birds. And if we have our eyes and ears open to the reality of what's going on around us, if we can watch their movements and their patterns and the fact that they have, they're, they're feeding off the abundance of the world, deep inside of us should be planted this confidence, this ability to say, God, whatever you're calling me to, it may not be, um, it may not be rich. It may, I mean, I may not be rich because of it, and it may not um, be glamorous. There may not be luxury involved. Uh, but you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna catch me. You've got me. You're going to provide for me. So Jesus goes on and finishes off. Uh, don't, don't worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For it is the Gentiles who strive after all these things. And indeed, your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But here's the solution. Strive first for the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. This isn't prosperity gospel. This isn't like serve God and you're going to get an airplane. No. Um, this is, you'll, you'll have just what you need at the right time, right when you need it. So don't worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will bring worries of its own. Today is trouble enough for today. The solution, strive first for the kingdom of God. And the primary, the first thing that this means is that we come to a, a fresh, renewed understanding of just how dependent and needy we are. We are not self-sufficient. We can't go it alone, emotionally or physically. We need community. We need God. We need help. Uh, so we put away our self-sufficiency when we look at the birds and the grass. And that's the first thing we do when we strive for the kingdom. But then we put aside the worry about our next bill. I'm not talking about foolish living and buying too much. I'm talking about putting aside the worry that you carry about your next bill and where it's going to come from and put it into the hands of God. Um, and then align, see, everything we do, we end up saying... I'm, you know, I, go, I rush about doing 12 different things. I'm in activities. I've got a home project going on. I've got responsibilities at work. Put uh, everything we do, align it up to, to, to build for God's kingdom. We ask ourselves, is what I'm doing right now building for God's kingdom? Is it proclaiming to the world his kingship? Is it healing people around me? Those are the two questions that we ask. Is this is everything I'm doing for building for God's kingdom. And if we, find the seven, if we can find the seven things we're doing to build our own kingdom, then we start cutting them out. 
No, I don't need to do that. Actually, I don't need to provide for myself. No, I, I think that, um, that that's just taking me away from, from mission. Um, so we put away the worry of our next bill. We align ourselves to God's kingdom. We stop obsessing about the provision of our life. We put the, our futures, our families, our, our jobs, everything that causes us anxiety, we put them into the good hands of God who has, is strong enough to take them. And then what do we do? We take a moment. We take a deep breath in our life. We go out and get our fingernails dirty, and we look around us, and we remember who God is in the, in the process. So for your action points today, friends, get rid of your worry. Maybe you might make, go home and make a list of the things that you actually have been carrying yourself. And you might put them into the hands of God in a moment of gardening or of prayer or of journaling. I've been telling us to take walks. I mean, go for, go for walks. Go for some serious walks. Oh, yeah, that was my picture way back. Oh, I'll go back because it's... Um, yesterday, even I got a chance, well, without the kids around bothering us, I guess that's what made it possible. <laughs> we had a chance to go for a long walk around our neighborhood. This isn't our neighborhood. Um, uh, but we went for a long walk around the neighborhood. And you know what I noticed as we walked? It's probably what, an hour, an hour walk. I noticed how many different kinds of trees there are in the radius that's around us. And I thought, I gotta take my, my oldest daughter loves sort of cataloging and collecting things. It's like, I wonder if we can go make a catalog of how many different kinds of trees are within like a 10 block radius of us. Wouldn't that be fun? And you know what? I bet in the process, something will be planted in our hearts of a reminder of how diverse God is, of how, 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 how smart he is. Even if we didn't know it, I bet that would get planted inside of us. If we took a little journal and taped some leaves and seeds, I mean, this is like Christian practice, okay? I'm talking about journaling. I'm talking about looking at the world around us. Take some serious walks, friends. You don't need to go out to the sea lion to find it. You can go a couple steps out your door. Uh, I pulled up some, some well, I was, I was thinning out some carrots yesterday uh, from my garden because I forgot to thin them, and they're all tiny. And so I took them all out and, and tasted them, and they were just so, so tasty. Um, you can go outside your, your front door and find this. Um, but walk, some serious walking gets us out. Um, walk for an hour at a time if you can, or if you can't walk for an hour, have, um, go sit in a park for, for some time and look around you and take it in. Listen to the voice, because if we don't, if we don't practice this, my contention and my thought is, is that it becomes harder and harder to remember who God is. So do some serious walking. And plop yourself in the middle of the wild if you can. Um, so I don't, I don't know, friends, how this hits you today. I'm not sure uh, where everyone's coming from. Uh, but my invitation to us as we uh, finish off the summer with one more sermon, I'm going to uh, have, have one more teaching of Jesus next week uh, on his view of creation. Uh, my invitation to you is this, uh, especially today, if, if you never even have known that life can be lived without bearing it on your own, if you've never realized that you can bring your anxieties and worry and all of them to, to the Heavenly Father. Um, today it might be a day for you to come and to, um, 
figure out how to do that for the first time. We have the communion here. We're going to take Jesus reminds us every week to come and take a piece of bread and dip it in a juice as a symbolic act to remember that he can carry heavy things. He carried the cross at the end of his life, but that cross was also symbolic of all of the weight of the world, all of the evil and sin of the world he's got. He can take care of it. He, he's, he's strong enough for it, and so is his heavenly Father. So today might be a day where you come up and you go, I'm going to bring my four worries, my big worries, and as I dip the bread and the juice and take it in, I'm going to make that a prayer. God, take these worries and take these sorrows and take these cares. Uh, God might be... Um, saying other things to you this morning, but this is a chance, once again, we have two more songs to enter into his presence and to bring our whole selves to a good, abundant creator. So friends, um, the table is set here and everyone here is welcome.